Hey, and welcome to Overtime Dribbles Audio Companion. I am Dan Cederholm, your host. This is episode three, and we're talking with Justin Mazel today. It's our third episode. It's been a lot of fun putting this together so far. So thank you to everyone that's been listening. If you dig it, please uh, you know rate us and, and review us on iTunes uh, and subscribe there. If you're new to the podcast, please check out our courtside blog on dribble.com and subscribe to our weekly replay uh, newsletter. It also gets published on the blog, and that'll give you uh, up-to-the-minute, well, actually up-to-the-week news and stories and things that are happening around Dribble and cool things that we've found, cool people that we like on Dribble and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So thanks again for listening, and uh, enjoy this awesome episode with Justin, who will tell us about his background, like how he got started, his process a little bit. Um, there's some excellent parallels with his uh, love of film and tabletop games and photography and how that all plays into how he creates um, his illustrations and his design. So enjoy this episode and um, we'll, uh, we'll see you on the other end. Thanks. Welcome to Overtime, Justin Mazel. How's it going? Thanks for uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a real pleasure, man. Because like all of the other guests we've had here, which is only a couple, we are big fans. We're huge fans of you and um, <laughs> giant fans, actually, and rightfully so. I mean, y- your work has been uh, really inspirational. I mean, to the community and uh, to us on the Dribble team. And uh, it's going to be great to talk to you, sort of just get to know you a bit more and get to hear about how you work and, and what you're doing and what you're up to and how it all came to be. <laughs> it largely Justin. came to be on Dribble, to be honest. So this is this Whoa. will be a fun one. Yeah. Okay, great. We'll see. We're not, and by the way, folks, we're not paying Justin to say that. <laughs> no, no, I'm not getting a cent. It's all right. No, no, we're, 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 we're strictly uh, big fans and... Um, we just want to get to know him more and, and hear more about him because the, the work is so good, and, and I, I'm, I'm really excited about this. Awesome. Totally excited. So why, why don't we start off with the uh, the quintessential and cliche, where are you from and what's your background, and and then maybe have that lead into, like, how, how did you get into what you're doing today, like illustration and design? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was originally born in Southern California in uh, Huntington Beach. Uh, that was where I was until I was about seven years old. Uh, moved with a with a single mother and my brother. Uh, just kind of separated from our whole family. Don't really know any of them. Uh, made our way over to the East Coast, where I grew up in a small town called Fort Myers, Florida. Uh, that was basically my life, and uh, didn't really have any, I'd say, aspirations uh, as a younger kid for. Going into design, I really didn't know much about it, to be honest. Um, we were always kind of focused on those maths and sciences. And, you know, growing up with a single mother, that was kind of the focus, like get academic, do your kind of thing and, you know, kind of see where that takes you. But uh, so really, you know, I, I kind of fell into uh, illustration and design really only after sort of having some extracurricular activities after school. Um, I was at the time like volunteering at a church to do like graphics for them. And that was kind of my first ever realization that there were, uh, you know, applications that you could draw with. Uh, of course, mind you, we're going to church with bootleg copies of these applications. Um, and that was really, <laughs> that was really my first experience <laughs> kind of wading into understanding like, wait a second. So like people do this, like, 
for full-time work? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's ama- it's an amazing uh, realization, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it is. It is. It's be- very encouraging. <laughs> it seems to be common, too, with, with uh, designers and, and folks that we've talked to, um, and, and even myself, too. You know, I just... It never dawned on me as a kid that like this is this is a thing that people do for work and for for to make a living. It was just always sort of around me. And, know, and when I when I thought about it, you know, it was it was sort of oh, like I could do this like a, like a struggling artist would do it, like just hoping my vision is one day realized, probably not making anything, uh, and dying broke, but maybe one day being remembered. <laughs> it was kind of <laughs> it's like this romantic notion of this like kind of career. Um, so, so to hear that, that it really was like a stable, really interesting industry, um, with a very rich history, uh, and a very active vocal community was, was actually a pretty big realization for me. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. So, so you started, uh, designing some stuff for, for your church and then that led to, you know, what was next for you in terms of, um, uh, like you, you grew up in, in Florida. Mm-hmm. Was that an inspiration at all to you in terms of like what what your environment was there? And, and yeah, uh, you know, uh, growing up kind of with a single mother, um, she was was a, a workhorse. I mean, she really kind of took that on um, and and made it work for us. Uh, my brother and I actually we played with a lot of Legos. You know, we we were kind of those like imaginative kids. We didn't really go out too much because there wasn't really an opportunity considering we couldn't drive at the time. Um, but we got really <laughs> into tabletop games, and and like we didn't actually get to buy any because we really couldn't afford to buy any, but like we were always really interested and we had some friends that we knew were really into it. Um, and so we started building our own, uh, like we would, uh, you know, draw out maps and we had a monster manual with every creature in it. And we had three volumes of these monster manuals. And we're talking like, these are books chock full of like sketches of every creature from like multiple angles with like hit points and attack values and like special attacks. (laughs) And, And we just like created a system and like, you roll the die and you kind of move on. Um, and so, you know, we had always kind of been inundated with creation of some sort. Um, and for yeah. us, it was very much in that world building environment that was, you know, totally open to us. It was, it was tactile at the time. Um, and, and that was really, I'd say where we started getting really interested in, in what we could draw and what we could do. And, and, you know, from there, it just kind of transformed into doodling everywhere from like, you know, uh, classes in my notebooks, on desks, maybe on some walls, on some tests if I finished early, like just like anywhere I could really do it. Um, and we went to a school that was a center for the arts. Um, but my brother and I were not, we both weren't actually involved in the art side of things. Um, I was actually in the theatrical side of things. That was where I was really interested in. And even as a young kid, I was pretty sure what I really wanted to do was to be an actor. Um, so much so that we would go to those like mall interviews and like, you know, Hey, could you do modeling and acting? I got some great headshots of me in a jean jacket. Oh, okay. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to have you send oh, some. Oh, I'm not sure if I can what? find it, but no, I'll yeah. look. I'll definitely look. They plucked my eyebrows for it. I'll never forget that. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. If we can get a hold of one, then that would be super. Mm-hmm. I'll try um, to find it. <laughs> so that's really interesting. Like the, especially the tabletop games. Now, the tabletop games. For uh, when you said that, I first thought, oh, like. Um, you know, centipede where it's like a cocktail table. Yeah, I'm talking um, like you're uh, talking like Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons Warhammer right. forty thousand stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Awesome. So, and you were creating your own game though, and mm-hmm. and um, instead of using like 
Dungeons and Dragons or whoever else was was. Making. It's a little cheaper to do it that way. Yeah, I'll say. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> that's pretty impressive. I mean, obviously, there's a massive amount of creativity that can go into that, and I, so I could see that progression there. So you, you got into doodling and 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 drawing and and drawing on anything that you could get your hands on, and that obviously was a, was a passion too. Did, did you go? Did you have any training in, in design at all, or in school, or no? Um, I never went to art classes or anything. Um, except you know, when you're young, you have like the occasional art class. But uh, by the time that I went to college, I'd kind of figured out I probably wasn't going to be an actor, and I probably wasn't going to be a model. Um, so I was really interested because we had done all this world building. What I was really interested in was writing. Like I was like, I really want to write books and write stories. And at the time, um, it, w- it was kind of transitioning itself to be uh, in maybe in the film universe. So I was kind of interested in um, writing screenplays and creating stories, and maybe first, you know making a novel first and kind of seeing where it could go. So that was kind of where my creativity was sort of invested at the time. So going into college, I actually was um, was going to major in philosophy and world religions, was the double major I was really interested in, uh, just because I thought it would give me like a really interesting broad perspective of the world, as well as like, I mean, every religion has these like tales as old as time that have like kind of transcends cultures and it all ends up being very similar. Um, so I thought that was like the greatest storytelling of all. And that was kind of where I started. Um, Once I was pretty sure that like film is definitely what I want to be doing, I transitioned over to doing uh, cinema studies at the University of Central Florida. And I still remember I was in a class and they were were sort of talking to our professor about – you know, what, what film was like. And she was talking about how she was in Hollywood for six years. And so it was just sort of like, Oh, like, you know, was it incredible? She's like, yeah, it was really amazing. And I saw in the conversation, it was like, well, like, what did you get to do? And she was like, I was honestly a waitress for six years. And then I came back here. Um, <laughs> and so for wow. me, it was just kind of like, I don't yeah. know, like, you know, it can happen, but it's also, it's, it's, a, it's a shot. You, you take a chance for something like that. And at the time, um, I had kind of been dabbling in my continual bootleg version of Photoshop on my computer. And, uh, so I was sort of, you know, kind of messing around and I transitioned over to, um, doing something very much like, okay, at least I know I can get a job in theory, which is marketing is where I transitioned from there. And for me, that was sort of, well, you know, even if this doesn't work out, you know, business degree is a business degree. I'll do something with it in theory. Um, and at the time, uh, I was still doing, you know, graphics for like a church in the area. And so um, there was a connection there with a magazine that was local to Orlando called Relevant Magazine. And so I just sort of, you know, got to know someone who's like, oh, you know, why don't you apply for our interest? internship position as a designer. You obviously do some stuff here. Like maybe you'd be interested. So I I sent them an email and I was just thinking, I don't really know if anything will come of it. And they emailed me back the next day. And by the way, the, uh, the profile that I sent over was a deviant art profile. Ooh, Um, nice. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. (laughs) Oh man. Props to deviant art. Absolutely. It was some good stuff. Let me just tell you. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. I'm it's, I had to delete that portfolio is after it's... somebody found it recently. Really? Oh, I was gonna. I was just gonna ask. Is it still active? No, we can, no. We... It was. Okay. It was brutal stuff. <laughs> we all have um, so... that brutal stuff in our past. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I really don't mind sharing it, but maybe with a little right. bit of context. Yeah, context. Uh, exactly. right. So I kind of sent that over, and uh, they basically said, "Hey, why don't you come in um, next week?" And and so I did, expecting to have an interview, but instead they were just like, "All right, so you're gonna sit right here. Um, your hours are this to this." Uh, and I was just like, oh shit. All right. Well, like, I guess, I guess we'll figure out how this is going to work. And at the time, the only thing I'd ever worked with was my bootleg copy of Photoshop. Uh, at the time it was seven, which was the one that was really 
bootleggable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know. We won't, we won't tell Adobe, by the yeah, way. Yeah, you can censor that. You can yeah. cut that if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what was crazy about it was that, you know, from there, like all of these programs I, I learned existed in the creative suite. So I had a mentor named Jeremy, who is at the time the creative director at Relevant. And he's like, all right, great. Well, like, you know, let's kind of work on this and, you know, just use Illustrator to do this. And he was like, ooh, what is Illustrator? Uh, wow. And how do I use it? <laughs> I was a little over my head at, at the time. So, so, I mean, honestly, it was just kind of falling into it. And, and as I started working on it and really started kind of understanding how layout works and, and how type is paired, um, you know, what makes something readable and, and how to guide somebody through a story, there was that academic side of it that was a little more scientific, which made me really love it because like, I've always kind of fancied myself as, you know, a writer, like a storyteller I really love, but I also have an enormous passion for that more like right brained sort of like understanding how these mechanisms work and how to guide somebody through an experience. Um, so that was really kind of how it happened. And from there I figured out that it's, it's, yeah, I'm pretty into this. I I could definitely stand to do this. Oh, I, we're certainly glad you stuck with it, man. (laughs) I think, um, (laughs) there's a lot of interesting things there, uh, to pull out. I mean, I, I think, um, it's interesting how design and art, you know, visual design often comes out of these other i don't want to call them failed attempts but like uh mm-hmm. other other activities that are creative that that maybe are more difficult to make a living at i know that same thing happened to me like i was into music and mm-hmm. that's all i wanted to do was play music and you know, at some point you're saying well this is like you said before it's like you, you have to you could take a shot at it but you're not really guaranteed to 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 mm-hmm. make to make a living at it and that and and for it's me, also the, just a, a bigger financial investment for some of those industries. So it's like if I want to make absolutely. a feature length film, there's there's a lot that I'm going to have to do. So illustration really yeah. kind of came around as a as a place to say, well, I can construct a narrative using the free time that I have at home. You know, this week if I just if I set aside a few hours a night to work on it, really just kind of invest myself into it, I can tell a story. It just might not be the original way that I thought that I'd be telling. That. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing. Like, um, I might not be able to make a hit album, <laughs> but I can sit in my bedroom and create something that a lot of other people can can enjoy. And um, that's that's the thing about the web that I always that I always loved. So you're you're self taught in terms of of your design uh, mm-hmm. experience there with yeah. with some very kind mentoring available from friends and folks who you know I've just asked along the way, like, yeah. hey how do you do this? Or, you know, like, I'd love to learn from you. Um, I, I've sent a lot of emails out to people and just, you know, sometimes you hear back and sometimes you don't, but really it just, I just thought about it and it was like, what's the worst that could happen? Like they don't respond. All right. Well, that's, that's, keep going. that's really good advice. I think, I mean, don't be afraid to ask folks for mm-hmm. help. Right. Cause oftentimes yeah. they're willing to help and they want to help and they were in the yeah. same position, you know, years ago. And, and you wouldn't think that, you know, and some people won't, you know, at the end of the day, some people's lives just don't allow for it. I have gotten an email back. I don't remember who it's from, but it, it was like, listen, like, you know, this is a really cool thing. I'd love the opportunity. But at the same time, like, I know my bandwidth. Uh, and to be honest, like, it's just not there right now. So yeah. all I can really do is wish you all the best and, you know, keep going. And then I've had other ones like, you know, Raji King is a great example of somebody like I saw his uh, his interview in The Great Discontent at the time. And I'd really admired how he built things. And uh, I just figured like, I'll just I'll just shoot him an email and and just 
ask him what he's got available. And he responded. And what's great is, you know, that relationship turned into, you know, me as a mentee working with Raji, having conversations, learning from his techniques, learning from his advice of, of what it's been like as he transitioned from web to more illustration. And that went from, you know, a mentee mentor relationship to now just like two friends who work shoulder to shoulder and, and can just share our experiences of life, but also illustration. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. Um, we love Raji and uh, a good I think one. everyone good does, one. right? Everyone should anyway, super, <laughs> yeah, he's super, a keeper. super guy and super talented. Um, we got to have him on here next. Actually. Absolutely. Let's, let's fast forward a little bit in terms of, you know, what you're up to now. I think you might hold the record for for the most teams on dribble being a part of the most teams on dribble. <laughs> Actually, we found um, somebody with like three more than me. Oh wow. Okay, I, I really? don't remember who it was. Yeah, there there's a there's somebody with like nine teams. Oh wow. All right. And uh, yeah, I I don't I don't have that thrown. Yeah, how, how does how does that work with uh with having a life as well, right? That's crazy. Yeah. You know, I think it's one of those things where, you know, you can do a lot of things. And at the end of the day, you choose, you make your decisions and, and what you're going to choose one thing over other things every day. It's about prioritizing and figuring out, um, what it looks like to invest that time. And I think, you know, you're never going to get more hours out of the day, but at the same time, you could be smarter with the time that you do have. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I first started, it was, I would set my alarm to wake up at, at five in the morning. I'd wake up, I'd sit illustrating until I had to go to my day job at the time. So it was a good, like, you know, almost two and a half to three hours a day that I could have, that, that I was investing in illustration. And, and it was all because, you know, I was, I was new at it. I was really interested in it. And I had seen that dribble was a network that people were, were connecting. And, um, it, it was a really interesting time to be on there because, you know, it wasn't quite as big at the time. Um, and I just knew, well, you know, if I at least just kind of put out the work and just take some time to do it and practice and practice, uh, it won't always be a hit, but at the same time, you know, it'll be hopefully somewhere I can find a sense of community with people. Um, because at the time coming back into my experience, I, I really didn't know a lot of designers. I wasn't in college for it. Um, while I worked at Relevant, I knew some, but after leaving that experience, I, I really wasn't connected anywhere with any designers. So that was sort of, um, my stab at just trying to be known in a group of people uh, and to know other people too. So, you know, it's, you have the time uh, and it might mean like you can't watch an episode of daredevil and you take those 30 <laughs> minutes and you draw something. Yeah, um, yeah. But like, if there's anything you really want to do, you might, you might need to cut an hour of sleep to, you know, to get that kind of stuff done and, and, and to make the best of it you can. Yeah. If it's something you really want to do, you got to make the time for it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that's great to hear that dribble was helpful during that time, you know, when it came out, because, you know, I think you're a good example too, of, of a lot of the folks from the, from our perspective in building dribble and watching the community grow, people would pop up and upload things. And, and, I, and I would just assume they were like 50 year old seasoned veterans mm -hmm. of, of design and illustration. Cause mm -hmm. you know, if I didn't know of them beforehand. And, and, um, I think you fall into that for me personally. It was like, wow, this is incredible work. Who is this person and where do they come <laughs> That's really from? Kind. And, um, how long have they been doing it or how did they learn how to do this stuff? And, um, so that's that's been really cool to see happen, I think, and to, to watch the community evolve like that. Do you, you know, I want to get back to actually, uh, you, you mentioned Photoshop and it being a uh, pirated copy. Um, I, I, I admit I, I did the same thing, uh, basically mm -hmm, back mm -hmm. in the day. That's a little harder these days, but, um, is, uh, what do you use for tools these days? Is it, is it Photoshop? Is it Illustrator or? 
Uh, yeah, it really sort of depends. I'd say like most of my time is Illustrator. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm in there a lot. Yeah. Um, Photoshop is mainly like post processing for me, so it's just kind of like I'll do color grading in there. Um, if I'm gonna do like some heavy texture stuff, that's gonna be handled in Photoshop. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's Illustrator. Um, at my day job, which is at Code School, most of my time is Sketch. I'm a huge Sketch fan. Oh, excellent. I'm a really big okay. fan. I love you, Adobe. You're great. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I really love Sketch right now, and I haven't had any time. Awesome. Well, well, yeah, that's that's good to hear. So, what's the main thing of Sketch that you're like? This is this is why I love it today, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels super lightweight. It feels mm. really native to Apple and everything uh. about it, like having vector, having export options at 2X. Um, it's really, you know, it's so easy to pop that kind of stuff into InVision. Already have it in Retina, but also be able to scale back when I need to. It's just a very lightweight, easy application that actually has a lot of power that is behind it. Yeah. Um, and I've just found it to be really, really intuitive. Mind you, the hotkeys not being exactly what Photoshop's were. It took a little bit of adjusting, yeah. Um, yeah. but, you know, I've changed a few of them and also just sort of, you know, gotten used to that workspace. And now I really love it. I mean, having multiple artboards in your document was also just a game changer for iterative design. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like they, they've really um, captured the, what is it like to design in 2016 kind of mm-hmm. kind of thing and like add, oh, yeah. add those. It's, it was speech. a great, like, yeah. I remember first using this and just feel like, wow, like this just, this feels right. <laughs> it just, it feels like the right thing to be doing with it. <laughs> That's great. And some of those really quick controls, like, you know, actually getting to like toggle with border radius right in there immediately and and it being super editable and to go back and having those, you know, you set up like styles that you're able to continue throughout the whole site, which you know you're going to be pulling from anyways. Like mm-hmm. it just handled it all really well. Wow, that's great. And so really handles the flow of like um, not only illustration, but, you know, user interface um, mm-hmm. design. And, and to be fair, I, I still do illustrate in my home turf of Illustrator yeah. um, and I'll and I'll bring it over into uh sketch yeah excellent mm-hmm. oh that's cool um and so yeah you mentioned code school tell us about how you got to code school and what's what's it like day to day there and working as a, basically as an illustrator for you know an education platform for mm-hmm. for um would you say mainly uh programming and and coding and and, and that type of stuff yeah. Yeah. So it, <laughs> it is, it is really different. I feel like, um, most people don't know, um, that most of my day job that I actually do day to day is UI and UX, um, which is actually for me, a, a, like, uh, it was a conscious decision at the t- before I came to code school, I was full-time freelance illustration. Um, you know, that was just one of those things I was really interested in, kind of fell into, had been doing it for about almost three years and doing it full time. And I really enjoyed the experience. It was a lot of fun to sort of, you know, create a visual language system. So it's really what companies are hiring me for, you know, to come on board and, Hey, we don't really have anything. Um, was wondering if, you know, you would be able to build an illustrative brand that you can create documentation behind that. If you ever got hit by a bus, someone could pick up and do. So, you know, the first job that I ever did that was that big was uh, PayPal was my first opportunity to really jump in uh, and start creating a visual language system with all the documentation that's included, all the rules of that universe. Um, And so for me, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's world building. It's a really fun experience uh, to be doing that. And and I had, you know, a lot of fun traveling back and forth. Um, We ended up having a kid near the end of that kind of time, which made traveling a little bit more difficult. Um, but also for me, I started to feel a little more isolated in this experience of 
working home alone, occasionally putting on pants, occasionally not. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. it was one of those experiences where like the most conversation I had outside of my wife would be like going to the gym and just like nodding at somebody that I've seen before and <laughs> like, hey. Uh, <laughs> so it started to feel really like isolating, I guess. And and I had already built like a really great community thanks to Dribble online, um, had really great friendships. And, you know, there was like a freelancers network of us that would all talk through messages all day. Um, and that was really great. But, but I really started to feel um, just a, a little bit isolated and not having those personal one-on-one relationships and really getting to uh, to talk with somebody face to face. And so, uh, code school came around, uh, Jason Van Lu hunted me down. And uh, I remember we talked over a beer about, you know, me coming in helping them out and, uh, doing some work on some course design stuff. So it was largely illustration. Um, and for me, you know, that sounded fine to kind of go in, but you know, I wasn't really true to my word at the time. I would just go in for like an hour. I'd be there for a bit and then I'd kind of peace out and go do my own work at home. And I still remember a conversation I had with my wife where, where she was talking with me and she said, you know, there's, there's a difference in you that I see when you put on pants and you go into an office and you work there for a bit and you get to be social and then you come home, like there's, there's a difference in you that mm. feels rejuvenated and it feels like, like you're really alive in that kind of moment. Wow. Um, and it also was great because, you know, for me, I was able to get my work done there. And then when I came home, you know, I could be present for, for my wife and my kids. Uh, well, at the time, just my kid. Um, so I, I got, I'd gotten a little bit weird. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I ended up, you know, just saying, you know, maybe I'll just kind of see how this goes to start going to the office more. Um, I made the decision to go full time with them. Uh, it was a couple years ago after Envy Labs and Code School that were essentially the same company ended up splitting. Um, and from there, um, they wanted me to move into an art director position, which, you know, for me was, was a huge leap just because, you know, at the time that I was working there, I'd been doing a lot of visual design, not really much UX involved at all. Um, but also it was, I guess when you're an illustrator, you're told the space that you're providing a design for, you know, it's 800 by 1400 and we need this by this deadline. This is the experience. And so you do that work, you'd execute, you'd ship it out, but then the actual implementation of that work is kind of out of your hands. Yes. Um, so I knew that I really kind of had wanted um, to be a part of that holistic process of saying, maybe this is the illustrative piece, but also here's how the design would work in it. Here's how the layout that I see where here's the type that we want to pair with it. And so it was kind of going back to a little bit of what I used to do in the print world, which is, you know, creating these experiences that have beginnings and have ends and guiding you through these sorts of things. Um, so that idea of like having a, a storytelling concept, really, right? Yeah, I mean, it is, you know, it's concept to creation. But then afterwards, once I give something, what I don't get to do in illustration is iteration. I don't get to be there for how did it perform? What can we do to make it better? Uh, and that's really kind of where UX has kind of worked its way in with all the testing that we've been doing over there. But, you know, it also allowed me to return illustration to a labor of love, something that I got to do in the time that I had available to want to be excited about again. Like you, and, you chose, and that's kind of what like you chose to want to do illustration at the time. Yeah. And yeah. it was fresh again, yeah. you know, all of a sudden it, it was me doing the jobs that I wanted to do with the, with the briefs that were really exciting and fascinating to mm. me. Um, and that's honestly made a huge change in my life, um, for how illustration kind of, you know, works in my day to day. Mm. Well, wow. and so are, are you, uh, doing l less illustration for code school than you were before or just, uh, 
Definitely. Yeah. Um, So I've kind of stepped back from doing courses at Code School, which is where I had started off. Um, And now most of my day is in the product design side of things and working um, with uh, with another UX designer who works with me. Um, And then also in sort of, you know, I'll art direct some of the courses and and make sure our themes are going in good ways and do some teaching over there um, to make sure that we're kind of going in the direction that we want to go for some of those courses. Um, And then also, you know, helping out with a little bit of marketing design lifting. But for the most part, I'd say my days are about 80% inundated in the product design side. Cool. Very cool. And um, is there a physical office that you go to? Yes. That, yeah. yeah okay, we so have that, one in downtown Orlando. That, right. Right. So that it's, made it's it, that made a big difference, right? Uh, oh, uh, free, Freelancing on your own remote for a long time and then getting to experience like in-person in uh, meetings is, is probably a big, uh, a big change. It's so great yeah. going to get coffee and having somebody yeah. next to you and just standing there just like, how was your weekend? What'd you do? Yeah. And like having relationships that you're invested in, that you're a part of, and, and they're a part of yours. Mm-hmm. And it also makes the feedback um, and critique side of things just so powerful to have somebody that's invested in your life that sees you do it every day, mm-hmm. get to speak into that process and really kind of talk to you maybe about some pain points or some places you can improve. Um, there's just a lot of weight behind that. And I think it's been a really awesome and humbling thing to have people that want to work with you. Awesome. So this is a good segue. I think, I think, you know, we, we like to talk to um, folks on here about a couple of, a couple of their shots on dribble and just sort of get maybe a little bit more of the story behind it. And uh, so I've chosen two shots that, that mm-hmm. I thought would be interesting to talk about. One, the first one is called uh board de dash. <laughs> uh-huh. This is actually, I realized this, this was uploaded quite a while ago. This was, um, yeah. 2013, also almost mm-hmm. three years ago here, mm-hmm. um, but yet still feels really fresh to me. And, and thanks. Uh, uh, and, and there's a couple of reasons I want to choose this one. I mean, your your use of color is is pretty incredible. I think and has been uh, throughout you know the time that I've been following your work. So uh, and, and this one in particular, like light and color and the way those work together. So I just I was want I was curious, like a little bit more about this i guess it was for um fortune magazine Mm -hmm. um an illustration for them um you know maybe you could share with us like a little bit of the process of of how this came together absolutely yeah so you know for me i'd say a lot of my work in illustration has sort of come from the backbone of where i originally worked which is in layouts um, and working in photo manipulation when I was at Relevant mm. Magazine. And so what a lot of that was, um, was, you know, we would get a bunch of photography, a principal photography to use from multiple shoots. And, and, you know, we're doing a story on one individual. So we'd have to figure out, you know, how can we make this story work to look like it's, uh, it's all from one shoot. And so for me, that was like, you know, kind of learning a little bit more about cross-processing and, and taking those colors and really grading them to sort of make them sort of feel very similar tones. Um, and so for me, it was learning a lot about, you know, how tonal stuff works, you know, what do certain moods look like? Um, and being a voracious consumer of film, you know, like being a film student and also kind of wanting to make films myself that were somewhere that I was very passionate about trying to figure out, you know, I mean, a great example is you look at The Matrix 
at the time. And it was this like really green, cold, almost digital feel to it. And mm-hmm. it was really evocative of those old computer systems. And, and, and there's like this, you know, this mood that's really pervasive of any shot you take from that movie. Um, and so for me, like photography kind of worked in a similar way. You would kind of take it and you would sort of, you know, morph it. Um, and you could make really warm tones that make everything feel a little more cheery and, you know, saturate certain colors, get those greens up, get those reds, you know, it, it, you raise the reds too high. It feels aged, which is another feel. Um, you get those cold tones. It can feel dystopian. Um, and you know, that's like Blade Runner stuff, you know, and I, and I grew up with all of these films and like being huge fans of these visual languages that are created in film. Um, so when it comes to board to dash, you know, color has always been fascinating to me. You know, I've always really loved what it looks like to create some really basic color palettes in Illustrator, bring it over into Photoshop, and then just start grading it depending on the feel that I mm-hmm. wanted. You know, if I want it to feel vintage or cold or dark, dystopian, there's real easy tools in order to do that with, you know, curves and levels and selective color. Um, I wrote a post on Medium that's all about like how I do that kind of color processing um, just because, you know, it's one of those things that I think people it's a process and and you just kind of get used to it. And and that's just what becomes, you know, your process. Now it's not the easiest. It's probably not the quickest. And honestly, it's not the most scientific. I I don't have like a really great, um, I don't use the word analogous a lot when I talk about colors, you know, (laughs) it's just, that's not how I talk about them. I just talk about the moods that I experience with them. (laughs) So that, that's incredible. I, I think, um, I love the uh, the connection of photography and film to color mm-hmm. palettes. I think that's brilliant. Um, and it actually explains a little bit more about how you're able to get I, I find like your your color palette range is 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 big. like there's a lot of colors together uh, yet they feel like they they fit together and they work together. Um, so just that li- just that little bit of what you just said was like a really good nugget of, of advice. So now mm-hmm. I'm going to be I'm going to be um, stealing that. No, oh. do it absolutely. Um, do it. Yeah, I mean, it, but but for board to dash, <laughs> I will say when it comes to like light. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of the same place where I was also at the time because it wasn't making film. I started doing photo manipulation narratives that I was just calling like visual narratives. Um, and so I made one back in the day and it was, uh, it was called, do you remember when this world was ours? And it was up on Behance and it ended up getting like featured, which was like one of the first times, like my work was kind of like out and about. Um, but it's all photo manipulation stuff. I basically took like different pieces of photography of different worlds, tried to make them feel dystopian and really old. And then I would take pieces of origami that were folded in a certain way and start applying um, shading to them and and some some texturing, some metal texturing. So they felt like these metallic um, like spaceships that had kind of come down. And so in my head, there was this whole story of these worlds of fiction that have existed like a really long time ago. Once the book is done and you close it, those worlds continue to live on. But as we start forgetting the stories, they age and they crumble until eventually the whole world is taken over and returned back to its original state. Um, and, and it was like something only I knew that was a part of it. Um, and I created like a visual language system that worked with it of these like really big monolithic, you know, little, I guess, abstract little icons um, that were very, you know, weird and mystical. And I, and I, I just, I loved like kind of messing around with that stuff, but that was a huge thing of color for me of like, how do I do like light bursts yeah, and how do yeah. I like create these big spanning, you know, blooms of light and what does bloom lighting look like and how does it work? Um, and so when it came to illustration, especially like, let's say more geometric flat based illustration, I just thought, well, it'd be really interesting to take the techniques that I use for 
this really high fidelity stuff and bring it into that world where there are really simple geometric elements and like how would those kinds of things blend and how would you create you know a feeling of dimension or a feeling of you know this this big this sun that's larger than life and and, and warming up the world that maybe is a little cold on the edges but this is kind of like bleeding into this whole world so just that kind of stuff that's that's super cool i i was just like as you're explaining the um the visual language and the origami and the <laughs> icons that only go with it. I'm, I'm thinking like, I think Justin is the Tolkien of, uh, <laughs> of graphic design. Um, That's the nicest thing you could say. Yeah. I don't know if I agree, but it is really nice. I, and, and I do mean it as a, as a high compliment in terms of like, well, there's, there's, it's not just, it's not just putting shapes and colors on a palette or on a, on a, on a canvas. It's, if there is a story behind it, even if it is just one static image for Fortune magazine, right? It's like mm-hmm. like you can tell a story with uh, with just images, and and uh, I think that's fantastic. And it's like you, music is really a, an enormous part of that experience. You know, again, I'm not mm-hmm. making films, um, but I have soundtracks that automatically fulfill like a certain mood that I want to embody, and through the yeah. entire process, that's what I'm listening to. Wow! So it's like it really is. A holistic um, approach, you know, to to that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, okay, let's let's go on to uh, the 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 second shot I've chosen, which is mm-hmm. uh, called Super Magical Fun Time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's yeah. a little more a little recent. <laughs> <laughs> this one's a little more recent, and I again I, I chose I think because uh, the colors, the palette is just mm. kind of amazing, and and that's like it's hard to you know it's something so simple. Well, I mean, it, it maybe. It, I don't want to uh, simplify oh, what the what the I, work I, I is. But yeah, like the, the shapes are simple and geometric, mm-hmm. uh, but the, and the color palette is something I, I would never have thought up to use there. I mean, especially with with the rainbow with different colors, um, and it, it's also very flat. And and uh, some of your work in the past has been very textured, and and this is very flat, but but to me has the same impact of. Um, uh, the texture's still there, sort of, right in in the in the shading that you're using, mm-hmm. even though it's flat. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, I'd love to hear more about this one because this one's a little more mysterious, and maybe it was just <laughs> something you created for fun, or maybe not. Or um, I- I'm hoping like it's you're, you're like, well, it's an art print that's going to be you know for sale soon. <laughs> now, I, now I got to remember exactly what it was used. Um, but it was in one of the talks that I was giving. Oh, nice. Um, is actually what it was created for. I had a talk that I was doing, and it was at a AIGA event called Resolutions, which was um, all about you know kind of like what the what we want from the next year. And so usually when I do a talk, uh, my favorite part of the talk is setting up a brand new keynote with a whole bunch of new mm. ways to write things. And and, yeah. and I always create a new color palette. And so I'm I'm flicking through right now in my finder to see exactly what this one was. <laughs> um, oh yeah, okay. So what it was was it was a slide that was that said if we see success as a static place, it can often feel like somewhere we haven't been and we maybe never will. Wow. Um, wow. And so for me, it was more about this idea of this sort of like distant world that that didn't feel like home, but felt like like someplace we want to be, someplace we crave. Mm. Um, and so in creating it, I wanted to create a sense of beauty. Um, and at the time, I'd been playing Monument Valley with my daughter, who loves that game. And great so game. that was great. Game. Yeah, it's a yeah. beautiful game. Yeah. Love us too. Absolutely. Um, 
And, and I had been playing that and it, it was really a big source of inspiration because my daughter loves it and, and she's only three, so she doesn't, she doesn't play it very well, but really what she just loves is she just loves the shapes and she loves yes, how simple yes, Ida is yes. and clicking her around. Um, but what I really love about that was the sense of wonder that sort of comes from that experience. You know, it's this, it, it's a world that, that doesn't look very familiar. I mean, especially if you live over here in the West, there are these like really interesting kind of Persian, like East, like Eastern influences to it. Yeah. Um, that really kind of feel alien to where we live now. And so for me, the idea of creating this idea of this world of success that feels almost like angelic and otherworldly, it just kind of seemed natural that like those sources of inspiration would kind of work their way in. And so, you know, again, when we talk about success, like this, this is like in my head, if I can imagine a place, this is like what I see. It's tranquil. It's beautiful. It's, it's weird and foreign and unknown. And it's, but it's someplace that I want to be. It's someplace that like, I just want to see. And so this like city in the clouds where everything is perfect and beautiful, even though it's probably not, um, <laughs> seemed like a really, a really fun take on, on what that world could look like. Well, I, I think you nailed that for sure, because <laughs> I, th- I think that's probably why I, I gravitated toward it too. And many, many, many other people on Dribble, um, mm. because it is, yeah, it is a place like you want to go, I, like, I want to be in that, you know, um, <laughs> I want to walk up those stairs and go in the Me tower too. and, um, yeah, that's amazing. Um, thanks. Wonderful work. So what's up next for you in terms of where you want to go with your career and illustration and design and all that stuff? Hmm, next. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I never, I'm never great at planning next. I really am not. Um, I'm not really either having, if it's any consolation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> I'm probably going to be good at it this time either. I'd say for me, you know, I know that I want to be around people and I know that they are my greatest source of inspiration. Um mm. And it's not even design conversations. It's conversations over beer where we talk about what shows we currently like. Or like, you know, you find somebody you have a shared interest and you're like, wait, you love 80s movies? That's like my whole life. <laughs> and uh, having those kinds of conversations um, and and getting to work side by side by people and continually, you know, making each other's work better is is definitely something I know that has to be involved in the process. Um, and really, you know, I've really loved being a part of getting to watch a product grow from the ground up and being on the product design side of things has been really inspirational for me to be, especially on the user experience side, a place that I know nothing about that is really foreign and testing, um, and and getting, you know, quantitative and qualitative feedback. Like all of that stuff is, is so fun for me to finally like get my work in someone's hands and it's not completely you know subjective like like some of this stuff really is about crafting the best experience Mm -hmm. um and i think that that has also influenced my design work because so much of design is is like you know you can't decouple them your interest in creating better user experiences your interest in creating better layouts is going to influence your illustrations because you're going to understand what contrast looks like you're going to understand what spacing looks like how to guide someone through an image in the same way that it's applied to a website. So it might not look exactly the same, but I've yet to invest in a part of design and it not influence another part of it and it not make me interested as to how it can work 
with these parts. So, you know, you get into like development and front end and like maybe you'll get into, you know, CSS animations and, and then you can really step it up and, and, and see what that world looks like. And I don't know, I think for me, my biggest commitment is to just keep on being like a lifelong learner um, and not ever get to the point where I'm so comfortable in my style that like I'm just ready to retire on it and just like wait for the checks to come in because they probably won't. And more importantly, like I I don't think that I'd be I don't think I'd, I'd be good being done. I I love it. I think that's a perfect place to to end too, um, <laughs> uh, because I, I I think that's really healthy. Like not not thinking that you're done. And um, I know I, I keep that to myself too. And um, it's been really really cool talking with you. Thanks so yeah, thanks Justin really for, enjoyed for, it. for for being on here because I I think there's so much we we I so much I learned about how you approach your work and um, just the connections with film and photography and color. And I don't know it's been really valuable and I really appreciate you having taken the time with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having yeah. me. And seriously, I'm, I'm a huge fan of what you guys have done from the beginning. You know, it's been, it's been awesome just to see you guys really care and pour into it. I mean, that's, that's been the biggest thing to me. And obviously like <laughs> we didn't ask the question, but I did fill out an answer. It's like, where does your work come from? It's like dribble. <laughs> like literally, I could, I could run you through my entire inbox, my business inbox, and it is always, I saw your work on Dribble. I saw your work on Dribble. I saw your work on Dribble. So it's wow. just like one of those, it's become such a huge part of all of our lives. Um, and it really is, the experience is what you make of it. So wow. I think that's that's what's been so cool. Well, thanks so much. That That's amazing to hear. And again, uh, to the audience, I did not pay... Uh, <laughs> Justin, to say that. Uh, no, we, no, we didn't. not at all. But, you know, keep up the great work, man, and we're going to be following it. Um, uh, where could people find you online, you know, to 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 keep track of what you're what you're up to? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm on Dribble at Justin Mazel. Of course. I'm on Twitter at Justin Mazel. I'm on Twitch at Justin Mazel, where I've been streaming my process on Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Ooh. which has been fun, humbling, and very Oh, awkward. everyone should check that out. Absolutely. <laughs> Honestly, I, I'm everywhere at Justin Mazel. That's, that's what yeah. I use for everything. So if you just type in any website slash Justin Mazel, and if they allow users, I'm probably <laughs> on it. Hopefully, it's not too seedy, but you know, I'm probably on it. You there. are one of a kind, sir. Um, <laughs> thanks, man. Yeah, thanks. Thanks again, Justin. Thanks so much. Keep up the good work, and uh, we'll be watching. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Take care. <laughs>